Thank you for listening to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Shock Fantasy is your home for the busy players' fantasy information. At Shock Fantasy, we provide quick-hitting charts, graphics, and dashboards to help you win in season-long, in best ball, in DFS, and in Dynasty Leagues. I'm Matt Harrison, longtime co-host of the longest-running fantasy football show in the history of the world, Fantasy Football Weekly. Shock Fantasy is what I use to prep for my deep dives into the matchups on Fantasy Football Weekly, and you can have all the access to the same data that helps me win. If you're not already a member of Shock Fantasy, use the promo code POTATO, that's P-O-T-A-T-O, to get your Shock Fantasy season-long, year-long pass for only $25. That's only 6.9 cents per day. Remember to use the promo code POTATO at checkout at shockfantasy.com. That's shockfantasy.com, promo code POTATO. Now, on with the podcast. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? (laughs) Welcome to the fantasy. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi everybody, it's week 14, it's playoff time, and it's time for the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Today I elected uh, just to go out and try to help the loyal Shock Fantasy Podcast listeners with a mailbag episode. Uh, Last week... I highlighted the guys that you should pick up for your playoff run for week 14, week 15, and week 16. I highlighted a guy at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position for each week of the season, guys that you should pick up, and a couple of sabotage drops that I think are in play right now, and uh, you could definitely put those guys out on your market right now. But this week, I figured it's best the playoffs are so weird. It's not worth doing a, a strict waiver wire segment because, you know, there's a few guys here and there that you can pick up. Yeah, there's some Houston wide receivers that uh, you probably want to go put in your lineup and, uh, and that kind of thing. But really, we're down to likely the final six teams in your fantasy league. We're in the fantasy playoffs. The rosters are pretty stacked. We're not looking to pick up weird randos and throw them in our starting lineup right now. So I figured I'd go to you, Shock Fantasy on Twitter, uh, went out to you guys today, asked you for some questions, got a, a lot of great ones back, and I'm just going to answer those today and try to help you guys out. Uh, I will remind everybody that a lot of your lineup decisions can be made by perusing the Shock Fantasy Super Dash, which is available on shockfantasy.com. Uh, if you're not a, uh, a member Hey, there's always a great time to get a get a membership. Uh, Potato will get you a full year, so that'll get you into uh, almost the end of the 2021 season if you sign up right now. So uh, go use that promo code Potato, and uh, you get a nice little discount on the Shock Fantasy membership. But the Super Dash is up; it's available, and and while the Shock Score isn't always the Bible, you don't have to follow it to a T. 
there's a lot of really great stats on that dashboard and you can kind of figure out and that's what I use to build my matchups for Fantasy Football Weekly, which by the way, I'm back on this week. I'll be back with Charge and Brian this week on Fantasy Football Weekly. So, let's get to our uh mailbag and we're going to start with a friend of the show Tom Tusa who uh, tells me that he's got Zeke, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and Miles Gaskin for two running back slots and a flex. Which of these should he bench in the playoff week? And he did add that his team name, his team's name is Zeke and Destroy, and he ended up benching Ezekiel Elliott last week. So first off, we're going to eliminate the guys that we won't bench, and we're not going to bench Aaron Jones. He's a no-brainer against Detroit. Uh, I actually think that David Montgomery is a very good play this week, too. Uh, Let's ride that hot hand against a similarly bad run defense in Houston. Uh, As you remember, Montgomery played Detroit last week and uh, did pretty well there. So it's down to two players to bench here between Zeke and Miles Gaskin. I'm going to pick Zeke to put in my lineup this week against Cincy rather than go with Gaskin against the Chiefs. Let's start on the Gaskin side of this. The Chiefs are significantly weaker against the run. And when teams that but that is when teams can run on them. The problem is I'm not sure the Chiefs offense can be slowed down by the Dolphins. Dolphins have a good defense, but it's not going to compete with Patrick Mahomes here. And I think game script is not on Gaskin's side here. On the other hand, Zeke is averaging 22 touches per game on the season. They used him a bunch against the Ravens. He's still getting 84% of the team's rushing attempts inside the 10-yard line. If it's a goal-to-go scenario, as we saw against the Ravens, when they had the ball at the 1-yard line and they handed the ball to Zeke three times in a row, they're going to still hand the ball to Zeke inside the 10. They trust him there. So... The Bengals are also allowing five yards per carry. So this is one of those weird spot start opportunities for Tony Pollard too. So Zeke and destroy Tom Tusa. It's your time. AJ Morris, friend of the show, wants to know if he can start Tyler Lockett or Robbie Anderson. Well, Tyler Lockett just came in as the number three wide receiver overall this week on the Super Dash because... They're playing the Jets, and the Jets are allowing 196 yards per game to opposing wide receivers, and not all of that is going to go to Metcalf in this game. Plus, on the other side, with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel out, that's a bad thing for the offense. And what we always say in Fantasy Football Weekly is what's bad for the offense is bad for all of the offense, including Robbie Anderson. Now, what's good for that Panthers offense is we might see Christian McCaffrey back this week, but they play Denver, and Denver's a pretty good defense all the way around, so I don't think I like Anderson's matchup, even if everybody was available for the Panthers. So we're going to lock in, lock it, AJ. That's how it's going to go. Mark Carlson, friend of the podcast, he wants to know, do you actually pull studs out of your lineups because of matchups, or do you stick with the guys who got you to your fantasy playoffs? This is a great question. And and one that I think we address fairly often on Fantasy Football Weekly when it comes to this time of the year. Yes, I always will pull studs out of my lineup in the playoffs, but it's got to be two things that happen here. First, I got to have a stud who's facing just a murder defense, a guy that you just don't want to see go against those guys. And second, 
I've got to have another option that should see similar touch counts with a cake matchup. So I was kind of looking at uh, the wide receivers, for instance, this week. And a guy that I think that I would do that with is I think I'd pull Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones out of my lineup against a very, very tough Chargers secondary in favor of a guy like Jamison Crowder who goes up against the Seahawks. So I, I think that that's a scenario where you pull, you know, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. They're the big studly wide receivers. And on most teams, they're probably the wide receiver one or two on that team. So I think Crowder's got a much better matchup this week, and I'd rank him higher than those other two. Uh, he, uh, Mark also had a couple of little ones here. Can you start Antonio Gibson if active? Uh, Gibson's doubtful already this week, so I'd say you certainly can't start him this week. He's probably not going to go. Uh, the hope is he's fully healthy for your fantasy championship week against Carolina. And by the way, Ron Rivera, Carolina's coach last year, Ron Rivera compared Antonio Gibson at the beginning of the season to Christian McCaffrey. You don't think that he wants to get Gibson rolling against the Panthers? I think he does. Uh, Mark's final question, do we roll with Jonu Smith at tight end or do we stream each week? I think we roll with Jonu if he's healthy because the stream game is just really scary this year because there's not that terrible, terrible tight end defense like Arizona was last year who gives up a tight end touchdown every week. So if Jonu ends up being inactive this week, like he was last week, there's a few guys I like uh, that are probably available on your waiver wire. Dalton Schultz was a guy I highlighted in last week's episode. Uh, I think that he's in a nice little matchup against Cincinnati this week. And then Jordan Reed in a revenge game against Washington. Uh, I like the way that Reed looked in his last game for San Fran. And uh, I think that uh, Reed's kind of a, an interesting guy to pick up and roll with for some fantasy matchups in the playoffs. All right. Matt Midlikowski, friend of the podcast. No, oh, friend of me. Close personal friend of me. I don't know why he just didn't text me this. But he wants to hear his name on the podcast. So, Matt Midlikowski, how are you? How is McRae? How's my godson McRae Midlikowski? Yes, that's right. Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff? Matt's looking for the highest floor of the two for his matchup this week in the playoffs. Now, I'd like to start with yikes because Stafford and Goff are both iffy scenarios this year. And... With Stafford coming off 402 yards and three touchdowns against the Bears, it's not hard to look at Stafford as the ceiling play here. And I think he retains that value against the Packers. But Goff has been simply the more consistent play this year. He's not coming up with huge games, but he's had 300 yards or multiple scores in 9 of 12 games this year, while Stafford's only accomplished that feat in 7 of 12 games this year. So... The play for Stafford and the Lions is to run against Green Bay's terrible run defense. And with Galladay probably not going again, it looks like Stafford is the, you know, the lower floor but higher ceiling play. Goff is going to need the throw. He's going to need to prove something against Belichick on Thursday. I think Goff has a chance to throw 50 balls in the air, which Stafford won't. So Goff, I think, is the floor play the highest floor of the two, but Stafford is the ceiling. And if you decide that you do need the ceiling play, I think I'd go with Stafford. But if you need the floor and you need the safety, I think Goff's your guy. Oliver Gully, 
friend of the podcast. I don't have his phone number, but uh, Oliver's got a question between three wide receivers, and it's Tyler Boyd, Hollywood Brown, or Corey Davis this week. So I completed the super dash for this week, available, of course, on Shock Fantasy. I kept looking for Corey Davis's name. I couldn't find him anywhere. Then I realized I wasn't looking in the top five for Corey Davis, which is where he landed this week against the crappy Jaguar secondary. By the way, A.J. Brown comes in at number seven, which is fair too. Davis is 11th in the league with 80 receiving yards per game. He's been good this year. I just can't trust Hollywood Brown with his up and down touch totals and up and down yardage totals. And, and, and frankly, with Lamar Jackson only sometimes throwing the ball. And with Boyd and the rotational third-string quarterback that since he's trotting out until he gets knocked out and injured, I can't trust Boyd either, especially after getting kicked out of a game last week. I'm going to roll with Corey Davis in this one and, uh, and play this matchup. So, Oliver, go throw Corey Davis in your lineup. Dave Dirksen, friend of the podcast, friend of Shock Fantasy, wants to know Deontay Johnson or Cooper Cup. And this is a, this is a battle of two pretty studly players here. I'm going to buck the trend on the Super Dash here. Cooper Cup is ranked higher on the Super Dash this week, but I think I would personally go with Deontay Johnson in my lineup over Cup. Uh, Johnson is averaging 9.6 targets per game this season. Only Adams, Diggs, Hopkins, and Keenan Allen are averaging more targets per game than Deontay Johnson. And it's a full one more target per game than Cooper Cup. It's a similar matchup for both of these guys, and Deontay seems to find the end zone with much more ease than Cooper Cup. So I'm going with him, especially coming off a loss. Uh, The Steelers need to prove something here. I think I'm rolling with Deontay Johnson. Uh, He also asked Big Ben or Deshaun Watson. Got to go with Watson here. He's just out to prove everyone in the league wrong, including the Chicago Bears for drafting Mitchell Trubisky over him. This is his first meeting with the Bears. Uh, He's out to prove the NFL is wrong for writing off his team months ago. Plus, the Bears' defense is faltering as of late. And like I mentioned, they gave up 403 to Stafford just last week. Watson's a one-man wrecking crew right now. And uh, the Texans are somewhat spunky and playing to ruin Miami's draft pick. That's right. They traded their first-round pick next year already. I think the Bears are mailing it in, too. So I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson in this one. Finally, he's got a lot of Steelers on his team, Dave does. Uh, He wants to know the Green Bay or the Pittsburgh defense in this one. So the Packers face Detroit and the Steelers face the Bills. Let's look at these two opponents. The Lions have turned the ball over 14 times this year and given up three scores on the defensive end. The Bills have turned the ball over 17 times this year, which is slightly more, but none have scored. The Lions have allowed 33 sacks. The Bills only 24. Plus, the Lions score significantly fewer points, too, which, if that matters in your league, that's a good tiebreaker. So I'm going with the Packers defense in this one. The final... Mailbag question of the day comes from friend of the podcast, Nick Bennett. Do you feel confident starting a player after they get activated from COVID? For example, James Conner. Well, that's a two-part question there, Nick. 
Do I feel confident playing players off the COVID list? Absolutely, yes. Look at what Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins did just last night in Tuesday Night Football. Lamar was fantastic in the running game, and J.K. Dobbins looked as dynamic as ever. Do I feel confident in James Conner? Much less so. Prior to missing last week's game with COVID, his touch totals were dwindling from 20 rushing attempts in Week 7 down to 15, then 9, and then a pair of 13s in Weeks 10 and 11. He scored only once in the past five weeks and really only looked halfway decent in that game against the Jags. The thing he's got going for him, the other running backs on the Steelers, when given a chance to take the reins, they looked worse somehow. I don't want to start James Conner this week if I can, but if he looks good against the Bills defense, I'd very much consider starting him against the Bengals defense in week 15. That's it. In and out, Shock Fantasy Podcast. Uh, please follow us at Shock Fantasy, at Explosive Output. I thank you guys all for listening to the podcast, subscribing to Shock Fantasy, subscribing to the podcast. You know all that stuff. Uh, but uh, sincerely, we're getting down to the end of the year. And I should mention, if you're listening, there's a brand new Dynasty trade value chart available on Shock Fantasy right now. Came out yesterday. It's fresh. It's now. It's with it. And wow, it's hip. It's happening. You know how it is. All the numbers, all the players, all the positions, all the contract years. There's a lot of things you need to think about in a Dynasty League right now. And if you're out of it, you might see a few guys on the Shock Fantasy Dynasty trade value chart that have higher trade values than some of the players you're rocking on your roster right now. So make those switches. Pick up a few guys that people have left on the waiver wire for one reason or another. Go get them. All right. I thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again next week on the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Bye-bye.